tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Alright guys, welcome to another AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show with your favorite Fab Four. This is Scandal Season 5, Episode 3, Paris is Burning. As always, I'm Emil Innes Jr., joined here with my beautiful and handsome friends. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia Stanley. I'm Bam Erickson. And we're going to dive right into this episode. What do we think? Good? I honestly feel like this is going to go down as one of my top five scandal episodes. Season one, two, three, four, and five. Oh, wow. With the exception of the last 15 seconds, which we will talk about later. But okay. before the last 15 seconds, I thought everything about the episode was perfect. I think a couple of episodes I said that we're kind of venturing into original scandal 2.0. Mm-hmm. There was a pace here that nothing felt forced. Everything felt organic. And it was the first time in a long time where I wasn't anticipating what was going to happen. I was simply allowing it to happen. And for me, um, not only did the pace move uh, the the way that it that we that we like it but the dialogue uh, the dialogue the conversation it was so organic it was so it just kept you wanting more you you couldn't figure out what was going to happen you were just listening to the dialogue and you were really feeling the two um all the characters on screen um i can't hear myself so if you can just turn me up a little bit all right um so Let's start with the very beginning of the episode. At the cliffhanger of last week's episode was Olivia said yes. Yes, meaning I am the mistress. I have been sleeping with the president. All the questions they were answering, just yes. Or asking. Um, so we begin this episode with Melly and Fitz prepping for an interview with Noah Baker. And also, simultaneously, we have uh, Abby trying to figure out how to stop this because... We know that Olivia just said yes at the beginning, which even though we just watched the episode at first, I was like, wait, wait, what's, what's happening? What's happening? And then mm-hmm. we were reminded quickly. Um, so we said, or some of us said last week that Abby does nothing. She did something this episode. She she was on her job. She did. She, what, Sophia? She was on her job once she got affirmation. Because prior to that, the fact that she had to wait so long to run and take off her shoes, I think I yelled at you guys uh, and said, run, take off your shoes. Yeah. You, you don't have an inside person. It's 2015. We all have cell phones. You don't have a direct dial yeah. to the security for the president. What if something actually, there was an actual legitimate threat? It's called, you pull the alarm so that it goes off. You rush in. Not only do you take the president out, not only do you take the first lady out, you also take the tape. I also said that. I go, take the tape. So that was a little amateurish. It made sense for the storyline, but no, she was not 100% on her job. I think only after Mama Pope. Mm-hmm affirmed that she was good at her job did she then thus 
become good at her job. Agree. I, well, I, I said she was on her job to eighty five percent. But improvement, but though. Good. Oh, right, right, right. Right. By the yeah. end, I'm Team Abby. Abby, go red. We're making progress. Okay. <laughs> so then um, they go to the um, Oval instead of to the bunker, and then Melly's confused, and that's when she sees that Olivia said yes. So we're going to fast forward. Olivia comes to the White House. We're going to come back to that in one second. Melly is sitting there stewing in her office, and then we see Cyrus come in. Remember, my prediction was just not mm-hmm. a prediction, but more of a want, saying I want to see more of Cyrus. And it came true this episode. We saw more than enough of Cyrus. Uh, what did you guys think about Melly bringing Cyrus on as her chief advisor? Brilliant. I was shocked. Because once, didn't, was it one or two episodes ago, Cyrus said he has a beef with Melly because Melly was the reason he felt like he's not in the White House any longer because of what Melly did. So I was shocked that he was in the position of helping her so openly like just genuinely trying to be helpful. Yes, it was because he wanted to get back into the White House and he wanted his job back. But I was shocked that their dynamic was what it was because I would assume that would have been a little more shady up front. But remember, Melly has no one else to turn to. <laughs> Cyrus is at home, horn uh, horn with his little boo thing, maybe or maybe not, as Melly said. What else does he have to do? Mary, I know, it's thinking the same thing. He's not yeah. a whore anymore. <laughs> He did how he did wifing. Yeah. So <laughs> what is he going to do? I mean, he's been itching to get to the White House, so it made sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Melly and Cyrus are figuring this out. And then um, while they're figuring it out, OPA, <laughs> we're there. OPA's there. They're trying to stop this whole thing. I think my favorite line from that whole scene was when she said, Huck, are you trying to stop the marriage? I'm trying to erase it. And then they did this cute little <laughs> high five. Um, just seeing that. But it is interesting. I'm going to jump forward and come back. It is interesting with uh, Melly's dialogue with uh, Olivia. Actually, it was more of a monologue because Olivia was just taking it all in. But when she said, what are you giving up and how OPA would pretty much be dismantled because you can't bring your little thugs in here. So it is interesting now that we, when we saw the OPA scene and then seeing that later, thinking about what would Quinn and Huck do without Olivia. Right, because they, they went into survival mode because for them, if there is no the Olivia Pope, then they don't have an identity. They don't have a purpose. They don't have arguably a home so that's what they were doing they weren't in essence saving olivia is really saving themselves yeah and so that's why even i think that when jake sat down the words that he uses basically let's drink to the end of the world because for them jake included olivia no longer being the olivia pope and now being whether or not it is fitz's mistress olivia Grant, like, do you know what I mean? Whatever iteration that is, that means they cease to exist. So they were like, let's celebrate to our deaths. And their, their skill set isn't very, it's not very linked in. So they can't really be like, hey, I can drill holes in people's kneecaps. I'm great at doing X, Y, and Z. If you need to keep me to kill somebody, I can do that. Yes, there probably will be a place because they all had things to do before they found Olivia Pope or she found them. But that's kind of one of the only places they can go and really be themselves. But do they, did they really have a place? Because Huck was in the subway. He wasn't. Quinn doesn't even, like, she just found out her past a couple of months ago or a couple, a year or so ago. Jake, though, it was funny how Jake comes in there and he has the vodka and he says pretty much, Olivia stopped lying. This is what we have to do. 
And then they talked, the martini talk was funny with the James Bond conversation <laughs> just because that's, they're like, oh, that's the first level spy. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Well, because who doesn't? I mean, you can't, you can't talk about spies and not talk about James Bond. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why, like, even, you know, what was it a couple weeks ago? The internet was like, went basically on fire when the current Bond author mentioned that Idris Elba was too street to play Bond. Mm-hmm. It's a normal storyline whenever you're talking about spies. We talked about that on Happy Hour. Oh, we sure Oh, did. my God. On episode 16, Two Street Martini. If you guys mm-hmm. do not know, we do a podcast where we talk about everything. It is called Happy Hour, A Shot of Conversation. And you can basically follow us at happy hour underscore TV or go on iTunes or SoundCloud. Again, Happy Hour, A Shot of Conversation. We talk about everything from Idris Elba oh, yeah. <laughs> to Carrie Washington's Apple Music commercial and to why we as gladiators are still riding this hard with this show for so long. I want you to say my name with that accent every now and then. Emil. Okay. I'll, I'll Ellis. Ooh, ooh. Junior. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I can't. All right. <laughs> but no, it was, it was, it was, I think it showed, because I think it showed that they're a little family. Yeah. And arguably, just like I wish I was actually right now drinking vodka and not wine and grape juice. <laughs> They, they, that's all they have. Yeah. So they're like, you know what? Like, F it. You know what I mean? Like, let's go out hard. We'll drink this vodka. We'll have a good time and, and, and chase away our fears. Well, I like seeing that. I like seeing the dynamic and seeing what they're going to do after. I think I got frustrated though with Olivia and Jake initially. Um, and maybe not initially still because Olivia (laughs) keeps bouncing back and forth. So when she was, she said, and when she was on the bench, she called him. First, she was like, what's going on over there? And he was like, what's going on over there? She's like, I asked you first. Like, it's not time for these little games right now. And don't talk in your boyfriend voice to your side dude now that you've declared your love to your man. You can't, do, you can't do that anymore. At some point, you have to start talking to the side dude in your regular voice. The pillow talk voice, he can't get that anymore. He doesn't need it. Jake, you can yell at Jake. She can slap Jake in the face and spit in his nose, and he will be the same man to her that he was. You, she doesn't need to approach the relationship with him the way she does. So I was bothered because I was like, why are you talking to him like that? Okay. I asked you first. Okay, I have, a, I have a question for you guys. Is it possible to be in love with two people at the same time, but to different degrees? Yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. So <clears throat> presumably, the voice she uses with Jake, despite the fact that it plausibly is a boyfriend voice it is not necessarily the soulmate voice that she uses with Fitz so is there anything wrong with that if that's it because at the end of the day regardless of whether or not right now they are actually sleeping together they will theoretically always be in a relationship there's always a certain with certain types of relationships there's always a state of intimacy like let's not forget she like ran off to an island with him now I think there is something wrong with it respect wise Mm -hmm. because once you are in a relationship or you and Fitz are able to claim each other now yes you may love Jake in a different way you may be in love with him in a different way but you've made your decision so you can't you've made your decision so now that you have Jake and you are in love with him a certain way the respect for your actual boyfriend you need that needs to override the way you're talking and interacting with Jake I I on some levels, 99.9% of me agrees with you 100%. However, what I feel like I'm getting from this new season is it's about rewriting the rules. Who says? 
First of all, you're not supposed to be having an affair with the President of the United States of America. You're not supposed to be having an affair with the President of the United States of America and get on TV and tell the world that given your separate and distinct position of power and the fact that you have built a reputation for yourself on your intelligence and not on your bedroom skills. So arguably, there are no rules. You, you you don't move into the White House and have him kick out his wife. Like, if you think about it, nothing that they have ever done is in line with any of the labels, primarily even the way that he said, season two, like, you're not my mistress. Like, well, But that's Fitz. We're talking about Jake. So true, the rules, there are no rules with Fitz. But, but no, with Jake, but there has to be because rules you know because why? you are now no, with Fitz. Because it's Olivia. <laughs> Olivia. Olivia is the one who dictates how Olivia wants her life. And to me, what Olivia is doing, especially in this season, she is basically saying, it's all about me. I choose what I want. So if I need to talk to my side boo to figure out how to have a relationship with my soulmate, then that's what I'm going to do because that's what I need. I don't care if it's not right. I don't care if it's not the right thing to do. I don't care who it's respectful or not disrespectful to as long as it's what I need to get to where I want to go. A good point. But the reason I'm going to disagree with you, Sophia, is, yeah, it's okay for Olivia to to play by her rules. But when you, are, when you have rules, you need to let the person who you are with whether if it's the real or the side, you have to be honest and you have to let these people know what the rules are because you can't be playing with people's emotions. And Captain Jake is a little... Um, PW. <laughs> and so you don't know what he's thinking when he's calling. So she had you, Olivia needs to be upfront with that. It's okay to have her rules, but she needs to know, listen, I'm calling you, blah, 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 but don't think that we getting down or anything. You have to set rules, and she has to be honest with the person that she's involved with. It's okay to have her rules, but you need to tell the other person because that's how people get hurt. See, I'm more, I'm thinking of it on a respect level because... That is respect. You know, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, I hear what you're saying. I'm, talk, I'm talking about, so if Olivia is with with Fitz and she can still talk to Jake disregarding the fact that yes Fitz is her man but I'm still going to talk to Jake as if he's my other man so where's the respect in anything so there was no there's no respect as far as the boundaries with Fitz and Jake so so she really didn't give a shit that there was no respect in, in the boundaries with Melly and what she was doing so so basically if, to me, it's not rewriting the rules you just don't got no respect for nothing Okay, I'm gonna you give, just don't respect shit I'm going to give Olivia play devil's advocate and just give her a little bit of leeway here just because to be fair in that moment when she was laying on the bed Olivia I think was questioning whether or not Fitz and her relationship would continue anyway and by her doing that what do you think Jake is thinking okay 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 however see- in your in your vulnerable moments though because keep in mind this is the same dude when she was in wherever she was on the on the lamb and she was in the bed she's like can you just cuddle me right now she can't go, and I kind of, I'm kind of with Sophia, but I'm kind of with you guys too. She can't go to Fitz right now. There's literally nobody else she can go to that would understand besides Fitz, and the only other person is Jake. I'm, I'm not saying that it's right that she talked to him in that way. However, it it's almost as if she couldn't just be like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" Oh, oh, it's cool. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, she could be like, "We need to talk." So, listen, I got this thing going on. Blah blah blah. Like, what's? I but in that state first. of mind, how would you be though? Exactly. I wouldn't be sexy with Jake on the phone because that's not necessary. Was it sexy though? I felt it was. I sexy. thought it was vulnerable, not sexy. I, I think that her sexy. vulnerable voice sounds sexy, but I think she's being vulnerable. Like at the end of the day, it's like 
this is going to sound effed up. If we could potentially separate the fact that they used to sleep together, he's just her friend. I think what it I'm reminds me of. Like <laughs> okay, okay. I you think, talking to your friends on the phone like that? No, but I think, I think, and please let us know what you think. I really want to know what you guys I think. I think I just got hot. <laughs> Go to iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're watching live right now, thank you so much. Hit that thumbs up button, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, I think in that moment, though, see, I think I lost my train of thought. I'm she, sorry. She, she, when she was talking to him, it was one of those things, like I said, where it was a I bit of a it was a bit of a former lover thing, but it was a friend. However, where I have issues with is the the pause. There's a lot that can be said in a pause. So it was those moments she's talking to him, and there's just like that silence. His, I think in her mind, not only here's where I think, bam, I can't deal with you over there. I think she, <laughs> I think she was thinking of the simpler times with him. Sophia mentioned the island, right? Okay. She didn't have to worry about nothing on that island. She could just be true to Olivia, be true to herself. They had the relationship there, and she was content for a while with that. So right now, she's come back to this relationship with Fitz. She's living in her truth. She stopped lying, and it's surrounded by chaos. So in her mind, I think she's thinking, okay, I could possibly have everything I want with Fitz, but at what cost? Look at all I'm dealing with right now. But then with Jake... We were all cut up on the beach together. We were in the cabana freaking, and we were fine. So I, I don't think it's that she necessarily wants Jake. I don't think it's that she is in love with him. I think it's just, it's kind of like the whole island. It's vacation. It's a mental it's vacation. A sanctuary it's, yeah. in her, for her mind. So so when you're in a relationship, you can have a, a, a vacation. No, but they, they weren't. In a sanctuary. Okay, let us know what you think. Cause we yeah, can go no, we can go all okay. day with so, this, guys. Olivia, I think we might need to address this topic on Abby. Yeah, yes. seriously. Um, no, seriously, though. <laughs> Olivia and Abby, it finally happened. And it was, whoa, it was so good. Because they finally had this, Olivia, we talked about how she doesn't always give, she just receives, or she does what she needs to do to get. She's selfish in her relationships a lot of the time. And we've seen over the last couple of episodes, especially towards the end of last season, how ever since Abby has made this transition into the White House's press secretary, she has not gotten the respect she deserves from Olivia. And we've seen um, later in the episode, even Abby says, I learned from the best. But Olivia never saw Abby on the same level as she was. They are never on equal footing. She's still part of OPA. She's not my equal. She's just that's Abby. That's that's Abby, girl. That ain't nobody. That's the, the mentality that she was getting. So Abby finally spoke up and specifically Abby was talking about in reference to last week when Abby flat out said are you sleeping with him? Are you in the White House now? And she said, oh, no, just straight up lied. What did you guys think about this scene? Was it everything you needed or did you need more? For I, me, it was everything I needed. I thought it was great, but I do have to play devil's advocate. Okay. If I am sleeping with Welch's, right? Um, if you ask me, are we sleeping together? Well, maybe two weeks ago I slept with Welch's. Does it mean like yeah? I've, you know that I've I've slept with I, I've slept with Welch's at some point, but but well, we knew see, she knew no, Abby's no, no. intent though. No, see, this is I think this would be the difference. I think the difference would be if Welch's you sleeping or not sleeping with Welch's affects me, affects not only my livelihood but it affects my reputation, as well as the fact that. We've already had scandals associated with your relationship with the president, and now I am 
literally tasked with protecting his image. So by you not telling me, it wasn't just lying from the perspective of we're friends and you should be able to tell me either mind your business or tell me the truth, but not to lie to me. There's a difference, number one. Number two, in her not only not admitting that she was sleeping with the president, primarily when she told the president to go to Melly signing in and didn't double back and tell Abby or have anyone tell Abby, just like Abby said, you left me up there to die. Mm -hmm. So she looked stupid. And just like Emil said, she's not gotten respect from anyone, including arguably her mentor. And to me, it resonated so profoundly, her statement, again, when she said, you left me up there to die, because let us never, ever forget it was Abby who saved Olivia's life. Not her reputation, not her company, not her fancy clothes. She actually, figuratively and literally saved Olivia's life. And Olivia didn't even have the common decency to simply loop her into a change of plans with the president and her standing up to her peers as well as the entire United States of America and look like either an asshole or stupid. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So now let's get into the meat of the episode. (laughs) Negotiations. So after this whole thing happened, <laughs> damn with the eye roll. Um, after this whole thing happened with, uh, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> with, uh, Melly finding out that Olivia said yes, after her hiring Cyrus on, they then began negotiations saying, what does, she, what does she want? But before we get into negotiations, we have to talk about the scene with Cyrus because y'all know I love Cyrus. I mm-hmm. love to hate Cyrus. Mm-hmm. But it was a scene where he was talking to her and it reminded me of, and if you remember the specific episode, either anybody on this panel or if you're listening or watching, it was an episode where uh, Olivia and Fitz, or not Olivia and Fitz, Olivia and Cyrus were talking in the hallway and about he was... Being, about being normal. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So they reminded me of that episode, but it was when he was talking to Melly, and when he was talking to Melly, he basically told her, said, what do you want? Her initial response was going with vengeance. Her initial response mm-hmm. is saying... I want to destroy Olivia Pope. And that's, that's of course, what Melly would be thinking. But then he says, no, what do you want? Stop thinking as a human. Don't waste your answer on being a human. It was just, it was genius. And then what was her response? I want the oval. Melly is the type of person where I do believe she is smart. I do believe she can be calculated, but she's never had the proper team behind her. Does that mm, make sense? Okay. Yes. She's not not really had the support. Yes. Okay. So it's because of the fact that Fitz has never really supported her. She's been told that she's ornamental, and she tries to fight that. It's just like what we I keep. I hate to keep referencing Happy Hour, but how we talked about Happy Hour with the the prisoners, and we said that if you're in a system where you're designed to fail. Yes. If you have everybody saying you're going to fail, you're going to fail. You're the gonna likelihood fail. is you will fail. Yeah. So that's the mentality that Melly's been stuck in. Melly's been told by Fitz over and over again, you're ornamental. And as much as she tries to fight it, as much as she tries to stand up for herself and say, I'm greater than that. I feel like she's just started to believe it. And even if she didn't know she was believing it. I agree with you a hundred percent, but I think that the reason that Cyrus's conversation with Melly was so profound is because again back to being normal you can't be both you either need to be emotional and your end goal is to live happily ever after with your husband or you want to be the president of the United States of America sadly the two cannot exist together so to me that's what that conversation was about do you potentially want to cling on to this belief that you are married to your best friend that you are going to grow old together 
Or do you potentially want to be a warrior and be the first female president of the United States of America? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. What do we think about once she came to that declaration? What do we think about the negotiations? Um, it was ugly like a real divorce. It was literally ugly, the back and forth. Um, my, I, I'm going to flip-flop because I had problems with Fitz and I also had problems with Melly. My first problem with Fitz is, listen, bitch, you have clearly... Oh you, look what you have done to this woman. You don't respect her. You don't... Um, you've, oh been, you've been a complete asshole to this woman. You have said up front, you know, that you have a, a, a girl on the side, side, whatever you want to call it. Give her what she wants. What is so difficult? Like men who, who are in these relationships and these marriages with these, with these women for 15, 20 years, they board your baby, they do all this, and then they want something and you can't fucking give it to her. But you they, piece they, of shit. But they weren't, they weren't, they weren't negotiating over things though. They were negotiating over time. Meaning, he, on, is it, is it, is it fair that once our relationship is over for you to be able to dictate with whom I then speak with, hang out with, am in a relationship with, is completely different than giving her the Santa Barbara house, giving her a $500,000 allowance. I completely agree with you on that. But I, I do not think, I don't, I don't think any amount of, of marriage certificate, once the relationship is definitively over, you no longer own me. Well, but can the same thing be said when when we just talked about um, the emotional factor, either you oh, being completely. human or the business? Because in a regular marriage, no, you can't dictate what I what I do and what I say and who I marry and if I give her my last name. But this is a business, and Fitz is a president, so I can't can Melly technically can dictate. Okay, so I need X amount of days because. I gave you X amount of days and this is a business agreement. So you need to give me X amount of days on the campaign trail. The last name is going to her giving, having the last name is going to affect me. People are going to be looking at me a different way. So totally no, she sense. can have the last name. It's a business. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, ex- excellent point. Ex- excellent point. Give it to her so that you can go on with your life. And so that you but don't, you, but the only thing is just so you know, you can't go on with your life until yeah. 18 months plus eight years. So what's that? Nine and a half years. So, so just let's just be clear, like because I, I I completely agree with you. So practically, I hear what you guys are saying, but again, we are sitting down over a piece of paper with someone I no longer want to be with, and the woman that I have loved since the minute I saw her has finally stepped into the light with me, and you now now after she is one hundred percent on board, you want me to wait nine and a half years to be with her on board publicly, but not but not. Okay, on board publicly because but, it changes things when you behind the curtain but, and, 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 and the I'm curtain not, and, comes and, open. And this is the funny thing is, is do I really wait? Don't, do I agree with you guys? Right. It is. It's, if she's going to be if president for four yeah. years, two terms mm-hmm. or four years, again, I agree with you guys. But I'm really trying to like get to the meat of it because also too, and it's like we keep doing this, and I don't know why I'm getting mad today. Maybe because I'm just like in my feelings about this episode. We keep calling Olivia the mistress, the side chick, and so forth and so on. I cannot argue that label. Mm-hmm. But arguably, she is a woman who fell in love with a man named Fitz. And a man named Fitz fell in love with a woman named Olivia. Now, in that vacuum, wouldn't you, once you, if there is whatever the barrier to your relationship has been, when that person finally claims you, 
Don't you want to shout it from the rooftops? That's number one. Number two, now add on back the subtext of you guys used to work together. You are the president. She used to work for you. She's now the mistress because you are married. Wouldn't that be even more reason by the way in which we fling around the term mistress and side chick and we're dismissive, wouldn't you want to validate her and validate your love and your affection for her by theoretically making it legitimate to sanctifying it? And again, to have her step in the sunlight and then wait nine and a half years, that is a lot to ask. I am not disagreeing that he should do it. I'm not disagreeing on the merits of balance and fairness but I think that is a lot to ask for a man or woman to wait nine and a half years to be official with another person now let me ask you real quick is is in a way is that deal beneficial to Olivia because once I put this on the table and I can't and you can't be seen in public every time she's seen with Fitz she's going to be seen as the side chick it doesn't matter if they're in love it doesn't matter just like Monica Lewinsky is still seen as a girl even though they weren't in love even though they weren't in love wait 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 wait, wait, even though that situation Bill Clinton and in the real life situation they weren't in love every time Olivia walks outside with Fitz every time she comes out with outfits it's a stain it's like a stain on a shirt that you can't get out on a white blouse. So, yes, they are together, but in a way, and I'm not saying that this is what I really think. I'm just asking. In a way, Olivia having this and Fitz having the stipulation that they can't be out in public doing certain things together in the last name, could that possibly be beneficial to Olivia and her career and the fact that she's scared that everything that she worked for is going to now go to shit? That's a good point. Um... I don't have a yes or no, but that that is a good point. Not saying that 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 I'm I'm, I'm agreeing, but could that could it not hurt her? I, I I definitely think so, and I think that's why the scene in the closet with Melly was so profound because Melly was speaking her truth not from a place of venom. She was actually ironically in that space speaking her truth from. A sense of woman to woman, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, number one. Number two, I truly think, and this is why I have always said that the show is not simply Olivia and Fitz. The show is the trinity of Melly, Fitz, and Olivia. And the reason being is Melly respects Olivia because theoretically, Olivia represents everything that Melly wants to be. She actually has a reputation and she definitely has a a purpose that has nothing to do with a man. It has nothing to do with what she married into. It has nothing to do with what she needs a man to do for her in order to evolve or to get from point A to point B. I think that's partly why she even allowed her into her home and into theoretically their bedroom because I think she fully respects her. And that's why I think when she had that conversation, it was not only vulnerable, it was truthful because she, in some weird way, has and always presumably will respect Olivia for what she has been able to accomplish pre-outing. I think that closet scene, it was a, a, I mean, I didn't cry anything, but it was a bit emotional just because in that moment, there were two women on equal footing. And when they were having that conversation, while Melly was frantically looking for a hooch and she was talking to her, 
you start to, as a scandal fan, as a true gladiator, you start to have flashbacks of the other woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start to think about all the times where Olivia's questioned. Even if we want to go more recent, you start to have flashbacks just to the first episode. With Was that the first episode with the, the princess? Mm-hmm. And she was yeah. talking to, just about being ornamental. And once you become attached to this guy, you're no longer a fully realized person. So then my question was, as we saw Olivia's presence diminish in the fact that she was literally going to diminish um, and fade away and just become Fitz's mistress or the woman who who broke up a marriage or whatever title they would give her. My question is, do we think, knowing Olivia, do we think that she ever truly thought she would be in the position that she's in now? No. Mm-mm, no. Like, like her and Fitz and the... Like actually no. having a chance? No. 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 I don't think so. No. So then what, all this time, and I, I think my frustration is that is, all this time, what exactly was the end goal besides the Vermont conversation? What was the end goal? Or is the end goal? This is, I don't know if I can articulate this properly. Has there ever been something like you've wanted so bad in your whole life that you can't even like articulate it? Like you don't tell your friends. Like there's like a dream that you have like in the core of who you are and you feel that literally even by saying it, it will like escape and it won't be real Mm -hmm. for fear that even if you kind of step into it, that if you lean into it and it doesn't work out, then you could potentially die. Like it's that serious. So if on some levels you pretend, okay, well I'm okay with having it on this peripheral basis, right? Because if it's peripheral, peripheral, I can potentially control that and not fully lean in. And if I don't fully lean in, I literally won't get hurt and or destroyed. I think that's what she did. Their love from the very beginning and the energy they feel is so volcanic. And it's so, I mean, you have to go back to the Rose Garden. Like when, when, when she was like, I think for you, I wait for you. And he goes, no, like my every move is for you. I can't breathe without you. Like, I know it sounds dramatic, but it really is like that life or death that you are, you are ceasing to potentially exist without that person being fully realized in your life. Now you add all these other variables and you're a logical, pragmatic person. The minute you allow yourself to think that it's not possible, then you can, you cannot think that it's possible because it it is literally too much for you to bear. So if it means that we have to have fleeting moments, five minutes here, we literally theoretically only hook up once every three years whatever that is that I have to keep your ring on that we walk by and the electrical charges of our pinkies is enough then that's the only thing that I am strong enough to hold on to I can't even allow myself to think beyond that Mm. my only thing with that closet scene is I felt that Olivia I'm not saying maybe apologize but I felt like she should have said something um, just as a woman to woman conversation like Melly you know, laid it out on the table. And I just felt like Olivia owed her some kind of response, even if she would have just taken it and taken a sip of the the moonshine or whatever it was. The hooch. The hooch. I felt like she owed Melly something. Yeah, I didn't think, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I didn't think she owed an apology, but she definitely could have just done the gesture of taking a sip of the hooch. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and one more thing, and it's something that you touched upon, Emil, about the diminishing of herself. And I could be wrong, but the last time Olivia was in that closet mm-hmm. was happy birthday, Mr. President. Oh, God, don't bring me back there. Lord. But think about it. That was symbolically, <laughs> she literally thought that Fitz was dying and therefore 
their relationship was dying. Right. The second time we see her in the closet, it's again, it's now because she thinks she is dying and therefore their relationship is dying. Mm. I think there was just a perfect, beautiful symmetry. Well said. Okay. So after Olivia and Melly talk, they're still doing <laughs> negotiations. Cyrus comes back and says they've accepted. Well, actually, this might have been before Cyrus came back and said they've accepted everything. Mm-hmm. We can do this. She looks over things. She said that's not enough. Okay, now I I have to. Now I got to let Melly have it. Okay, girl, listen. <laughs> Bitch, make up your mind. Oh my god, bam is the p word. <laughs> what are you gonna make up your mind? Okay, now you you laid all this out on the table and then you change your mind. What do you mean? Well, I <laughs> make up your mind. To me, this is what I took took it as. And and this is what I gather throughout the episode. Sometimes people just want to hear I'm sorry. Or they just want an apology or just an explanation. Why her? Or how did this happen? She didn't really... Melly didn't care about all that stuff. If you ask somebody who has ever been in a breakup, even a girl who meet a dude at a club, they go home, have sex together, have sex, and then he don't text her back. She just wants to know why. <laughs> like you were trashing them sheets. Right, you trashing them sheets. Like, am I trash though? Am I trash though? Why? Like you just want to know why. So oh my God. that's the whole time I was like, just tell her, forget yeah, the stuff. It's just true. go in their fits and say, listen, I feel like we fell out of love a long time ago. I'm sorry it ended this way. I'm not sorry that I fell in love. But I'm sorry that it played out this way, and I'm sorry that it kind of just swept you under the rug and you got left left by the wayside. I apologize for that, and that's it. Because has has he said uh, I'm sorry? No. no. Has anybody said they're sorry to anybody on the show? No. Well then, I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, Fitz. No, no Kenny is 100. Fitz obviously, Fitz absolutely should have apologized, acknowledged, said something, uh, something. But again, the reason that. Melly but, just needed to, and she maybe she should yeah. apologize to him. No, for just, uh, just he did eventually just apologize. For the, though. Just, just the way shit went down. <clears throat> Sorry and, for cursing. No, but also too, I I think I think the way that Cornelia broke it down um, is spot on. But I think that the scene and the storyline had to progress in the way that it did because arguably if he had said sorry before the negotiations, mm-hmm. it would have seemed inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Inauthentic, like to her as well as inauthentic to us that is not real that's I think even why when when Carrie said oh this is reasonable like I've done many divorces like you still have to remember it doesn't matter what it is this is like a divorce I I know a handful of people have gone through divorces and sadly some of those same people have also had very close deaths in their family and for 90% of them, they said that the divorce was harder than losing someone in their family. Mm. It is. It is one of the hardest things that you can go through because you're, you're mourning, you're mourning so much. You're mourning a life. You're mourning a mm-hmm. relationship. You're mourning dreams, thoughts, goals, everything. You're, you're, it, they're literally on some levels is a death of yourself because you are no longer that person that you were walking with this person. So it's a completely new entity. So I think it was organic. If he had said sorry first, it would not have been believable to us or to Melly. So I, I actually like how it played out. Agree. One little mash, uh, Melly bash and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Again, you've allowed this to happen all these years. So you, you, your, your end goal was to be the president. 
Go with the negotiations, do what you have to do and be done. And then on top of that, why do you want to continue to make something work with a man who does not want to be with you? That does just not make sense to me. He does not want to be with this woman. And yet she's still trying to, she just clinging on. Why? I think. Give it up. Okay. Turn it loose. As in Vogue said. They did say that. Give it up. I, th- I think you can be president. Just I, girl, let I it go. It's human. I know. I, no, and I agree with you. And to me, the way that the scene ended, and I and I know that we've probably all said this at one time or the other, and I definitely know that I had conversations on Twitter with various people. I think we have been always screaming for Melly to stand up on her own two feet, for Melly to be her own woman, to 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 be a fully actualized person that could potentially be president. You have to stand on your own. However, at the end of the day, like. There's something called, like, human emotions. And, like, there's fear. There's fear of being alone. There's fear that no one else is going to love you. And at the end of the day, for, I think, some people, and this is going to sound weird, me saying this, they really believe in the sanctity of marriage, that whole concept of till death do us part. Mm -hmm. So it means that it's plausible that we have a 10-year gap, heck, even a 20-year gap, where things aren't that good. But because we committed until we die... She really believes in that. And I think that there's a certain aspect of the the malaise and the up and down and the, the fighting and the dysfunction of the relationship that she really thought meant that they were still in this, which is very different than apathy. That's the first part. The second thing is, how do I say this? Oftentimes, and this is going to sound sound weird, but men aren't as um, sometimes as um, cold, cold or, or doggish as sometimes we give them credit. Men have a tendency, and this is why as a woman, if your boyfriend's cheating on you, you know how you can usually tell? He stops sleeping with you. Mm-hmm. He stops sleeping with you. He stops interacting with you. Why? Because regardless of our label that that other woman is the side chick, he has now emotionally invested in her. So he would feel that to sleep with his actual wife and or girlfriend would be disrespectful. To have an emotional connection with that person would be disrespectful. In that moment, when Olivia basically affirmed him, there was no going back for him. Does that make sense? Because that, in his mind, would be disrespectful to their relationship. That is why it had to be Olivia to tell him to basically do what he needed to do. Because his only thought process is being respectful and the fact that he's emotionally tied to Olivia and no longer to Melly. Okay, so you touched on authenticity with his apology if he's dead at the before the negotiation. So... After, keep in mind, he didn't actually apologize to Melly until after Olivia told Fitz that he should just take her back. Fitz said, you're giving up. And she says, what am I giving up? They have that whole dialogue. Then he proceeds to go to apologize. Later on, and we're going to we're gonna jump back. But later on, you see that Melly, it worked on the balcony. And we're going to go into that scene. But it worked on the balcony. And then <laughs> Cyrus pretty much says, he's the greatest politician in the world. You got played. But no, but let's back up. He only said that after he tried to go in to the Oval Office. And that's what's funny in this episode. Everybody Ooh. does things after only because they're trying to get something. So even with Olivia's apology, she apologized to Abby because she knows she now needs Abby to spin the situation in her favor. So it's just funny how everybody, once again, is just using everybody, just playing everybody to their own advantage. But let's break down really quick the scene on the balcony with Melly and Fitz. When they're talking, Fitz apologized to her. He said, thank you. He says, I'm sorry. He gives her the credit she deserves. Um, and then she responds and says, you think you can just apologize to me? I've suffered so much for you. What have you ever sacrificed for me? 
And then he says, you'll be the first woman to put your hand on the Bible and get sworn in. Very authentic. It's a day late dollar short. But so you felt it was real. I told I totally felt it was real. I felt that I feel like uh, Fitz was being very sincere and it wasn't it wouldn't be authentic for Melly to say, OK, thank you. Nah, she, as a woman, like you get the words that you finally been waiting for. And you just have to kind of just let it loose a little bit. And she did. And now, boom, it's over. A conversation. I'm glad they had the moment. Good. Say what you got to say and, and, and get it over with. Okay. Completion ceremony. Oh, my but. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was like happy hour episode, too. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Olivia apologized to Abby. Quickly with Cyrus's begging. So, when Cyrus entered the office... And there's something Melly said earlier in the episode where she's like, she's like, yeah, she said he went soft. She says like, everybody's acting different now. Like she was just pissed. I had a problem with Abby. I mean, Melly, shut up. No, (laughs) no, no, Cyrus is not being soft. Shut, shut up. No, he's not being soft. Yeah, Melly doesn't know what she wanted yet. No, he was soft later. In that moment when he was doing the, nego- the, the every negotiation, every time he went into the office, yeah, I felt he was soft. She was he was doing what he what he was doing. But yeah, no, it's funny. I'll, I'll talk about this offline. He was being soft. He, yeah. I didn't think he got soft he until he soft. went into Fitz's office with the please, baby, baby, please. He was in there with the straight Jodeci boots on, <laughs> talking about, oh yeah, please give me my job back. At that point, he was Andre on Empire. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Watch us on there too, Empire After Show. It- <laughs> Going to say it, Sophia. Uh, the problem that I have with Cyrus is, is that, or not even the problem, Cyrus and Melly are the same. Mm-hmm. They were both intrinsically in love with Fitz. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what he did. Like, he, he was like a lover who, like, you know, someone sends you a text, they're like, oh, happy birthday. And you're like, oh my God, this means he wants to get back together with me. No, nah, he was just sending you a happy birthday. Yeah. Like, Bye. maybe that was an automatic <laughs> Facebook message. Ooh. So the problem is he came in like that. He came in like that desperate ex, like begging to come back with you. And the problem was for someone who is so adept at reading the room, who is so adept at reading human cues, he wasn't reading any of the cues from Fitz. Mm -hmm. Fitz didn't look at him. Fitz didn't look up. Fitz didn't whatever. So it was like, boo, like quit before you even opened your mouth. Because there was no interaction in the first conversation that seemed like Fitz was talking to you like he used to. He talked to you like you were a servant or a peasant before, (laughs) was continuing to interact with you like that. That's why his head was down and he continued to write. So to me, the way Cyrus walked into that was shameful. And again, Cyrus was being a human being and emotional and not a warrior. Mm -hmm. The problem is he had to have his heart ripped out from his chest to remember that his only option is to be a warrior because he will never be the one who's loved for all the reasons he said in a myriad of dialogues. The fact though that he had to go, he had to go and take Melly with him. At first I was like, oh, that's grimy, but now I'm excited. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. He tells Melly. He pretty much plays with Melly. He gets Melly to do the switch up. Melly backs out of the interview. They leave and they're in a motorcade. Okay? Mm-hmm. So at this point, the episode is, is good. Okay? Mm-hmm. The episode is great even. Then we see Olivia finally gives Abby the validation she needs. Fitz is trying to say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And she says, no, let Abby handle it. 
Abby goes onto the podium. She basically acknowledges that Olivia has been in high-profile relationships. Once again, I'm clapping at the screen. Then, earlier in the episode, because remember the episode is titled Paris is Burning. Earlier in the episode... talk about them sitting on the couch, though. The, oh, I, I, oh. You guys, you two, y'all know y'all want to talk about the one minute on the couch. It was When so Olivia said, you need to watch me choose, choose you. you. Lord have mercy. I wish this was wine at that moment. <laughs> I need vodka. Screw the wine. It was so, so, oh. so beautiful. I think the reason... the power, because she said, sit down. And he was like, you can't tell me what to do. Not in here. She We're said, seeing evolved it, characters now. She said, sit down. Watch me choose you. The relationship, it finally evolved to another <sighs> level. And it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. This is They were both standing in their truth. And that was... Uh. So everybody was like hating that certain people. I didn't bash lits last week. But everybody was hating we bash lits. It's no, not that. that. fits. But they no, no. It's true. It's true. You yeah, can you can yeah. you can bash them separately, yes. which is different than a relationship because their relationship is not is not actually all lit if they do not step into their truth. True. And today they today fully they, stepped they into stepped their truth. Into their truth. They stepped. Go ahead. I just want to say, um, I thought it was beautiful, and especially when Aretha Franklin started singing "You're All I Need to Get By," I was in. Mm-hmm. You want to do a little bit? No, you I'm the know. horse. Do <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Um, Mixed day come out November. You can catch me then. You got a mixtape around? No, I'm just joking. Oh. Yo, if Bam drop a mixtape <laughs> no, out here die. in the streets. I would die. In these streets. So what? Who cares? Volume one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the remix. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> just start naming top Kardashian. So what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, now Olivia is going to have to deal with the aftermath, but this is what she wanted. This is what she chose, and we're going to see hopefully an evolved relationship as she goes from here. Earlier in the episode, though, the subtitle in the running news ticker underneath the big headline of Olivia was that the Louvre in Paris was burning. Okay? Immediately, Jake gets up and has to leave. And of course, I was thinking this has to be code for something, because why would he just... Whatever. And then we see at the end of the episode, he goes and meets Papa Pope in jail. And they said... um, God, what'd they say? They said something about Lazarus one, and this means I don't know what it means. I'm just hoping they don't bring B613 back. Um, they said something. They go Lazarus oh, no, one, please. which to me is either uh like a, either um like a project, like a you know how they always have briefs on different projects mm-hmm. like Defiance and so forth and so on, or to me it's B613's rival, right? And then when they said um when Rome was crashing, Nero fiddled. To me, and I, and I can't remember, this is like a, this ironically is also a, like a Bond storyline, but it happens all the time. What you do is you distract people over here to do something over here. Mm-hmm. So literally, as the Louvre is burning, you theoretically could basically walk, walk into like Buckingham Palace and steal the, steal the crown jewels. Not the same thing, because they're not in the same place, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that not, they obviously definitively know who that is because I think that Cornelia said it's kind of like a signal but that secondary line regarding Nero is definitely that it's like a bait and switch it's like look over here like a magician and I'm going to do something over here and, and I'm going to be easy and walk right in and take something yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you Sophia because also when I think about Lazarus 1 I just think about in the Bible the Lazarus the poor man and so I'm thinking that there has to bring, bring me back you know sometimes I'm kind of oh, heathen um, in the Bible there was this uh, there was Lazarus and the poor man so okay. Lazarus is rich and the, and the poor man uh, was poor and 
and the poor man wanted to um, get some some clothes or something from Lazarus and he wouldn't let him do it so then Lazarus winds up going to hell and then he's like well if I could just touch the tip of, of his fingertips as he's you know, trying to climb up because hot, because hell is so hot. So when I heard Lazarus, I'm just thinking some kind of um, some kind of imbalance between hmm. whoever that person is versus who they're trying to get. We'll find out. Let's go now into Cornelia's cold piece of the week. Cold piece of the week for Scandal episode three of season five goes to Olivia Carolyn Pope. Mainly because throughout the entire episode, yes, we saw that she finally uh, got what she wanted with Fitz. They made a decision. They're actually going to be together. She chose Fitz. But the whole episode, she was sitting up in that White House on the couch, perched on top of the arm of, of, of the couch, of the chair, everywhere in that place. Like she'd been there the whole damn time. She looked like somebody grandma. You know, you go in the house and grandma and her moo and she's just in the in the living room like, oh hey, how you doing? With her boobies out. She looked like grandma and a moo but in a better fashionable way. She owned the place and you can tell that she was finally feeling like she actually arrived and was in the house that she was supposed to be in the whole time. So, for that reason, I'm giving Olivia Pope cold piece of the week. Let us know who you think cold piece of the week should go to. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using hashtag ColdPiece. All right, guys. Now let's go into predictions. Before I do a prediction. Before I do a prediction, I want to give a shout out. I apologize for not remembering who I was talking to on Twitter. But Camilla Parker Bowles is the Duchess of Cornwall. She is the wife of Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. And was his mistress when he was with Diana. Mm-hmm. And they are now married, and she is a duchess. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Mike. But was Camilla crying in the corner every time something happened? Did Camilla choose her gladiators over Fitz at some point? Y'all. Over Prince Charles. I can't. Hit us up online. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no predictions. You want to know why? Why? I'm just enjoying this shit. Who enjoying the ride? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it too, but I will say that um, although Melly is part to blame for this whole thing with her and Fitz but I think I'm hoping that Cyrus and and Melly really make his ass burn I think Fitz needs to burn because I just I think it's fucked up how he approached the situation how, how selfish he was and how he wasn't willing to give this woman what she wanted and then he was an asshole and then he was an asshole, but I'm doing it originally how he was an asshole. He was just an asshole, and then he was an asshole to Cyrus. And so now that these two people have joined forces together, I just want them to make his ass burn like he has. I'm not gonna go there. Mm. Just I just need to just burn <laughs> his balls like to just be hot. Okay, oh hot balls. Oh Lord, yeah. I, I think they put some vodka in our in our drink. Maybe not in mine, but over there in Bam, <laughs> dear God. Well, let, yeah, okay, let him burn. You know how I feel about Vince. I, I mean, he was cool in this episode sometimes. So I'm with Sophia. <laughs> I have no predictions. I'm just here for the ride. Bring more of this amazing show. I've been enjoying it. Um, let us know what you think online on iTunes, like we said, on YouTube. And also make sure you check out um, our podcast, Happy Hour, where you can have another shot of conversation if this just wasn't enough. But where can we find you guys on social media? 
You can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. And you can find out more information about Happy Hour at Happy Hour underscore TV and me at Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook at the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Canelia. And me, you can find me on me, you can find me. You can find me on social media at email Ennis Jr. On YouTube at Chasing Ellen. Alright guys, we'll be here same time, same place next week. We love you, gladiators. Tell a friend. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 